This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you here. Bless you. I mean that from my heart. Bless you. That's part of the new series to teach people how to walk in the blessing. And so you don't, you don't want to miss these next Sunday morning series. It, it'll change your life biblically, okay? We'll give you some insight. Just some thoughts on that real quick. You know, the thing about us as human beings, we're all like this in the same way. God created every one of us. And another area that we're all the same is according to Romans 3, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Let me help you with that, okay? We've all sinned, okay? I'm not highlighting that as a great thing, but we've all sinned. And so there's stuff that comes down generationally through us, and so those will be some of the things we'll talk about. But tonight, if you got your Bible, go with me book of, to the book of Luke, chapter 12, giving you an opportunity given to the kingdom, to the house of God, to bring your tithes in the storehouse, like it says in Malachi 3. Also, you heard some of our board members talking about the seed that's coming up for the paying off our loan, um, you know, for 15, 16 years. Every month in our board meeting, I would get to see this balance. <laughs> And I, I remember years ago, you know, when we first bought this building, uh, they had to take out a lot of insurance policies on me. And my banker told me one day, he said, I don't know if you figured this out yet or not, but he said, you're more valuable dead than they are to alive. You're more valuable dead than alive to these guys. And I said, well, that's a great thought, okay? And so over the years, I've gotten to witness the faithfulness of God. So again, we appreciate all you've done. Luke chapter 12. Verse 15, and Jesus said to them, take heed, watch out, pay attention, and beware of covetousness. Beware of covetousness. A a more modern word for covetousness would be greed. And it's interesting, he said, pay attention. Be be aware of this thing called greed because it's like he's saying, if you're not aware of this, it'll sneak up on you. And he goes on and he finishes and he says, for one's life does not consist in the the abundance of things he possesses. Life isn't measured by what you have or, or what you own. And when I, I get into that mindset I, I got to have this and I got to have this. I've now replaced Father God with who he is in my life. And so when you, you really study this out here, true life has nothing to do with my possessions. Now, God's not against you being blessed, but the problem is, is when I start looking to those possessions to satisfy only what God can give us. So as I heed this, be, beware of this. This is real. You know, the Lord said that um, how difficult it is for those who are rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. You know why? Because they start substituting God with thanks. So this is part of the reason. Beware. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. and Lord, grace us to heed this. That the, the idol of greed and covetousness not overtake us. And help us to remain balanced and remain committed to you. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. 
Amen, 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 amen. Well, just real quickly, if you got your Bible, go with me to 2 Corinthians 5. That's where I'll begin tonight. 2 Corinthians 5. But as you're turning there, a couple of announcements. Uh, women, remember this Friday at 6, from 6 to 9.30. It's the women's cherished night right here. So I welcome you to that. I, I believe it's a great night, great opportunity for you to come with other women. And then um, Saturday morning at 9, down at the far other end is our men's breakfast and so Ernest Garcia heads that up. And so, man, you are more than welcome to participate in that. It is a good group. It just gets together and prays and becomes men. Again, like I said, uh, the, the new sermon series. So don't, get, don't, don't miss on all these things that are happening. Okay, we're going to begin tonight in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, chapter 5. And so my foundation of faith is always the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've got to have faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I, I like to think it in this terms. If it's impossible to please God without faith, I better get all the faith I can get, and I've got to learn how to operate in this thing called faith, where I, I believe God incredibly. And so listen to just this one verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We, we walk by faith, not, not by what we see with our eyes. The message translation says it this way. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. And so it, it's not what we can or cannot see. It's, man, i got to get a hold of the Word of God. Now, if you looked at this where he says we walk by faith and not by sight, it will take you back to, to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, which says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So just because I, I can't see things with my physical eye, that doesn't mean they don't exist. So when you start talking about living by the word or by faith in the word, I, I see what the word of God says and I begin to step out and believe that even though at the time of my believing, I may not be able to see that with my physical eye. So to help you just a little bit with that thought to walk by faith and not by sight, every one of us in this room who gave our heart to Jesus, you did that. You know how I know you did that? You didn't see Jesus with your physical eyes. But yet you believe the word of God and you receive Jesus as Lord of your life. Well, how'd you do that? By faith. Well, how did that take place? I confessed with my mouth and I believed in my heart. Here's another little analogy I think will help you. How many of you believe that there's a thing called wind, W-I-N-D? I believe there's wind. I live in one of the windiest places in America. How many of you have ever seen the wind? I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. But living in this part of the world, you realize it's real. There's days all you got to do is go outside and you find out that's true. And so the, the thing that tries to get us off is a thing called unbelief. And I, I believe this, that unbelief operates in two ways. The first way it operates 
is I'm just flat out ignorant of the Word of God. I do not have a clue what the Bible says. I've been there. I did not know anything about the Word of God. But the second area of unbelief is an unpersuadableness for me to act upon the Word. In other words, I, I hear what the Word says, and I read it with my eyes, but I said, man, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do that. So you go back to the book of Numbers when the Israelites went into the promised land. God said, I'm going to give you that land. And remember, they saw it. They went back and they told the rest of the Israelites. They said, man, it truly is a land that flows with milk and honey, but we're not able to go in there and take it, even though God had promised them. So then you see this unpersuadableness to go ahead and act on what God says. So again tonight, we're going to go in this area, and I got two passages that I mean they are outstanding on this. Turn back to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. So as we're going, I want you to keep this thought, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and, and not by sight. Luke chapter 5, verse number 1. You know, if you're a good note taker, get, get your pen out tonight. If you like to mark your Bible up, man, get, get you a pen, okay? Because there's going to be some things in this passage that will really, really bless you. So it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God. So what you get here, great crowds begin to press in to hear the word of God. I believe we'll see those days again where great crowds will desire to hear the word of God. And he stood by the lake of Galilee or Genesar, which was really the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets or cleaning their nets. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked Simon to put out a little from the land. So, so you get this right here. Jesus gets into Simon Peter's boat, and he asked Peter, shove us out a little ways, okay? Now notice he asked Peter to do that. And then Jesus sat down, and he taught the multitudes from the boat and so what you see here is Jesus, he used Peter's boat as his pulpit. So he's preaching the word from this boat, verse 4. And when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, I, I believe there's a couple nuggets just with this verse here that what, what takes place here is when Peter allowed Jesus to use his boat for kingdom significance to advance the kingdom of God here. This is what I'm talking about. Jesus in return says, because you blessed me with your boat, I want to bless you. And the way he said he wanted to bless him, he said, get your boats back out into the deep and let down your nets. Now, when Simon Peter hears him saying this, 
And he hears Jesus says, you've got to get out your boat and go to the deep and let down your nets. Peter is thinking, but I've already cleaned my nets. And so for me to do what Jesus is asking me to do, it's spelled W-O-R-K in Peter's mind. I got to get my boat out and I got to get my nets back out. You know, in Proverbs 13, 4, it says, Those who work hard, those who, who are, are diligent, they'll be fully satisfied. And so, for Peter to receive the blessing that Jesus said, I want you to catch, I want you to get a load of fish, the only way this would happen would be for Peter to obey what Jesus says. So now we go back to to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now watch how this plays into it. Verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night. We've worked our bottoms off all stinking night and we've caught Nothing, not even a minnow. Now, Peter's livelihood or Peter's occupation was a fisherman. So I believe when Peter says, we've toiled all night, I believe he's looking at Jesus and saying, I've tried every type of bait I know. I've, I've put fireballs on. I've put corn. I've put milk. We're not catching them. I've got a depth finder. I looked at the farmer's almanac. They are not biting. So this is a guy who would say he understood the occupation of fishing. Now look how this verse keeps going. Nevertheless, You know what one of the definitions of the word nevertheless, one of the other translations says, if you insist, Jesus, if you insist at your word, I will let down the net. At your word, because of your word, I will let down the net. Verse 6, and when they had done this, when they got the boat back out and took the net back out, they obeyed. When they had done this, it shows me here, they didn't just talk about it. They actually did what he told them to do. And anytime I do what Jesus tells me to do, there's always a blessing. It's always going to be good. Keep reading. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. They caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So when I read this, I have this thought, it really pays to obey Jesus. And so as he's pulling in this net, this great number of fish, and their net is breaking, I believe Peter is probably scratching his head as he's witnessing and watching what's taking place. Verse 7. 
So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Now, when I studied this out, this catch that Peter took that night was equivalent to two weeks of catching the maximum amount of fish on a daily basis. That's a lot of fish. Two weeks. And so I'm telling you, this this has baffled Peter. This has got Peter thinking, oh my gosh, again, it, it pays to obey Jesus. So I go back and I think what Peter said to him. He said, at your word, I will. So when he says, at your word, I will, you know what he's saying? I'm going to surrender my will to what you said. I'm going to obey you with what you said. I'm going to act on what you said. I got a few questions off of that that will help you a little bit. How many in here have ever acted on what a doctor told you to do? I think it would benefit you if you had your tonsils pulled out. How many of you have ever acted on maybe advice from a lawyer? How many of you have ever acted on advice from a banker, a financial planner? Here's an easy one for you. How many of you have ever acted on the advice of a plumber when he said, I think you need a new water heater? What are you getting at, Pastor? We act on what people tell us all the time. People that we consider possibly experts in their field. But when Jesus tells us what to do, sometimes we don't act. Sometimes we thought, oh, I don't don't know that he knows what he's talking about. But when we really understand Jesus, Jesus had a PhD in life. He understood life. And the more I learned to listen and obey what he says, I found in this guy's life, my life is so much better. Verse 8. And when Simon Peter saw it, he, he saw the catch. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I, I believe Peter here was awestruck. I I believe Peter here, he realized his insignificance compared to Jesus' greatness. And one of the other things I think that, that really got Peter when he said this is you know what he realized? Jesus cares about my day to day activity, Jesus cares about me making a living. Jesus is aware of of the things I'm going through, but also when you sow into the kingdom, you're going to reap into the natural realm. Now, I want to show you a little nugget here, okay? If you go back to verse 4, the Lord Jesus said this to Peter. He said, if you'll launch out into the deep... And let down your nets. If you'll notice in verse 4, the word nets is plural. Jesus actually said, get your boat out and let down your nets. But if we look at verse number 6, 
And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. And if you go back to verse 5, Peter said, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So when, when Peter heard what Jesus said, it shows me right there that he only had faith for a net. But Jesus said, if you'll let down your nets. So when Peter saw what Jesus did, and it says there in verse 8 that he fell down on his knees, I think Peter, to a degree, was realizing, if I would have thrown out nets, plural, you talk about a catch. And so I think about this in my life. Do I obey Jesus fully? That if it was me on the Sea of Galilee that night, what, what would have I have done? Would I would just put out a net or I'd say, man, he said nets. And so I really believe with all my heart that to the degree that Peter threw out his net or nets, it would have been filled. That's the same with me and you. And so when Jesus gives us these words, he means it. He's serious. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 20. John chapter 20. Now remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. So it would have been very easy for Peter. His sight says, they're not biting. But yet something happens when I allow faith. And his faith was based on what Jesus said. That's the same with mine. And so the way I believe is I go ahead and act. I get out of the boat. I get my, my nets out. So we go to John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, which had been Sunday, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said to them, Peace be with you. Now let me walk you through stuff just real quickly on this. This was the first time that the disciples had seen Jesus since he had risen from the grave. They had not seen him. So if you'll note right there, it said the door was shut. Jesus didn't need to come through a physical door, okay? And so they're gathered together with the door shut, and all of a sudden there's Jesus. And Jesus looks and says, peace. Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed his disciples his hands, his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus is standing there, and he goes, I bet they were a little more than glad. I bet their minds were going in reverse thinking, he told us he would rise from the dead, and here he is. Just exactly as he says. Now, I'm not going to read this, but the very next verse, again he said to them, peace to you. Peace to you. Now, jump with me to verse number 24. Now, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the first time that Jesus came, the, the only ones that were there were the other 10 disciples. 
Thomas wasn't there, and Judas is no longer, okay? And so it says here Thomas was called the twin, but many times people will describe Thomas as doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. And so when I see the word doubting, that means reasoning, question, hesitation, and uncertainty. Verse 25. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of nails, and I put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, we can learn something here from Thomas. And Thomas says, if I don't touch it and I don't see it, I'm not going to believe it. Well, if you can touch something and and you can see something, that doesn't take any faith. Anybody can do that. But when I begin to look at this, I, I can learn something from Thomas in this situation Because I believe at times this probably describes every one of us. And so when you see the word doubt there, it was never meant to be a permanent condition. And when you see doubt, it's not so much of a weakness, but it's just a lack of faith. And so this was Thomas's words. He tells the other disciples, he said, the only way I'm going to believe is if I see it and I feel it. Verse 26. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them, and Jesus came, and the doors being shut, and there they are, the doors are shut again. And he stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Now this is the third time he said peace to them. A great reference off the peace of God is Philippians 4, 6 which says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplications, make your requests made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses your understanding will guard your heart in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, peace, fellas. It's me. Peace. So he makes that statement, and then in verse 27 Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. And then he said, do not be unbelieving, but be believing. Don't give in to your doubts any longer. Be faithless and believe. Stop your unbelief and believe. Now, when I read this, I, I don't believe he was scolding Thomas. I believe he was saying, come on, come on, Thomas. You got faith to believe? Come on, come on, rise up. Now, here's a thought for you. Remember, many times I say, I always put myself in the story. So if I was really transparent and I wasn't prideful, If I was asked these same questions that Thomas was asked, Jesus probably would have said the same thing to me. 
I've said many times in my life, Lord, increase my faith. Help me. Help me, Lord, help me. I believe that's a great prayer. I believe it's a great, and I, I, I look at this, and it's almost like when Jesus was looking at Thomas and saying, I, I can see him looking at me saying, come on, come on, grasp this, get a hold of this. Verse 28, and Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, in other words, when he said that, he's saying, it's really you, Jesus, it's, it's really you. But Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, because you have seen me and you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that statement, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed, that's 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith and not by sight. This is where it takes us back. And so that's what the Lord Jesus was saying to him. And so when I read this right here, I, I get real quick. Jesus is saying, this is how you live a blessed life. When you learn to live by faith and not by sight. Don't settle into doubts. I don't have to be that way. So there's really two kinds of faith in contrast here. There's one that the only way I believe is by physical evidence, but there's another one that says, you know what? I don't have to see it and I don't have to feel it because all I need is the word of God. That's enough. And remember what Jesus said? Those ones who operate that way, they're blessed. They're blessed. They're blessed. So the quicker I get a hold of this and I base my life on the word and when I see the words that Jesus, I take them to heart. I walk by faith and not by sight. There's a, an older man who's gone home to be with Jesus and his name was E.W. Kenyon. If you've never read any of his books, I highly recommend. Anytime you see a book of E.W. Kenyon's, get it. Because he was a great man of faith. But there was a man one day who had called E.W. Kenyon and said, Hey, would you come to my house and pray for me? And E.W. Kenyon said, I would be honored to do it. So he arrives at the man's house. He walks into the man's house. And he starts opening his Bible. And if you ever study Jesus' life, th this is how Jesus operated. He went about teaching the word of God and healing the sick. And if you'll look at Jesus always, the first thing he always did, he taught the word of God. He always put the word of God in him first. You know why? Because he knew they hear the word of God, faith will come. And so this was E.W. Kenyon's thinking, I'm going to open the Bible and I'm going to read him the scripture so this guy will know this is what God says. So as he opens the Bible, the man looks at him and responds, and he says, I believe that book my entire life. And E.W. Kenyon looked at him and said, you haven't believed that book your entire life. You've only mentally assented to it. You know what that means? I may get it up here, but I never get it in here. And when I get it in here, it literally becomes alive in me. 
And I begin to live by that and I begin to walk by that and I begin to trust God. And I go back to this that almost 40 years ago now, I begin to get a hold of these principles of faith and I've, I've never gotten away from them. Never gotten away from them. And so I, I can tell you how me and Shelly have gotten into agreement and stood in faith, whether that's to buy a home for jobs. Do you know there's a time in my life I, I really needed a good job? And this may be speaking to you, I needed a good job. So you know what we did? We grabbed hands and we prayed and we said, we thank you, Father God, you're providing a good job. You're working on our behalf. And you know what? I saw God move. He just began to move. And it it didn't go the way I exactly thought, but I saw God move. And I remember this, that at the company that I would work at, the guys that I worked with, they would say this, that if he ever applies for a position, don't try to get it because he said, or they said, he'll get it. And I thought, I'll get it. Not because I'm a superhero, because I believe God. I believe God. God said he blesses his righteous and his favor surrounds you like a shield. That's Psalm 512. Do you know every year they would have these big, big picnics and they would give good gifts? Well, you know what I think about the gifts? Somebody here's got to win it. So it might as well be me. (laughs) You wouldn't believe how many times in a row I would win. One year they were given free airfare. I mean, thousands of dollars with it. And I told Shelly, I said, man, we've wanted to go here. Let's just believe God that'll happen. Before they draw for the prize, one of the guys says, he's going to win, I'm going to tell you. And I said, come on, keep agreeing with me, the prayer of agreement. Come on, come on, get in agreement with me. They pulled out my name, and I looked, and I said, that's the goodness of God. That's the goodness of God. Now, I don't say that in an arrogant way. I say that God wants to bless us. He, he loves to bless us. And so I, I can tell you over and over how we, we just believe God, and sometimes people look at me like, you would believe God for that? Oh, yeah, I would. I would, and I do. And so when I go back to Peter's story, again, God is concerned about your everyday life. Whatever you do, God is concerned with it. So if God's concerned with it, I might as well start going to him. And I might as well start getting faith. I said, Father God, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. And so I don't know where you're at right now. But God wants for your life, he wants you to experience net-breaking, boat-seeking blessings. You know how I know that? Because if he would do that for Peter, he would do that for me and you because God's no respecter of persons. So how do I operate in that, Pastor? Study Luke 5. Begin to look at that. At your word, I will. At your word, I will. At your word, I surrender my will to your... I'm going to do this solely because I believe your word and I believe you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And so we better stand up. (laughs) For I... Keep going. Man, you guys got quiet on me. You're either really thanking or I'm really stirring you up. I'm telling you, we, we serve a God of faith. We serve a God of faith. Believe God, trust God. 
Let me pray a blessing on you and we'll get out of here. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. Lord, move in our hearts. Move in our hearts tonight, Lord, that if we've struggled like Thomas has, and I've struggled that way, Lord, move us to the blessings that those who haven't seen but yet still believe. Move us to that. Grace us in that area, Lord. As your disciples said in Luke 17, Lord, increase our faith. Increase my faith. Increase the people of God's faith tonight, Lord. And Father God, I, I pray that you tattoo this on our heart. That the just shall walk by faith and not by sight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.